Ryan Milhaven just saying, I'm Tom Becker, patiently waiting from McGraw Milhaven to find his glasses. Good morning this morning. I'm McGraw Milhaven, and this is our podcast. <laughs> that it is. And you have your glasses? You're all set now? You're all set? Now I, well, you know, it's, it's, remember that comedian who was like, wait a minute, I, I can't hear you. And he put his glasses on. He's like, okay, now I can hear you. Uh, no, I don't remember that comedian. I <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it was a comedian. Anyway, it was a comedian who was like, I, I, I can't hear you. Hold on a second. And he like went and put his glasses on. He's like, okay, now I can hear you. Yeah. And the fact that neither one of us can remember his name just shows what a great comedian he must have been. It was the same comedian who was like, yeah, did you ever see the guy who's like, hey, give me your glasses. And you put your glasses on. You're like, wow, wow, you're blind. And then he said, you don't go up to a guy in a wheelchair and say, hey, let me check out uh, your wheelchair. <laughs> Whoa, man, your legs really don't work. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's a- <laughs> it, it was that comedian. I don't know who that was. Okay, well, actually, okay, so you bring that up. Here's an interesting thing, too. Okay, I know this happens to you. I have no doubt this happened to you. You will meet somebody and they will find out that you are on the radio. And they will say, oh, I don't listen to that station, right? Do people go to like, to? oh, you work at a restaurant. Oh, I never eat there. Yeah. Oh, you work at a bank. Oh, I don't do my banking there. Do they do that to other businesses as well? Or is it like just us? Because I have that, I've had, I've had that happen over the years numerous times. Oh, yeah, I don't listen to you guys. I don't yeah. watch you. Okay. Oh, you know what I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so or, or, or you meet somebody who knows you and they're like, oh, hey, this is my friend, Steve. Steve, this is my uh, friend who's a talk show host. Sorry, I, I don't listen. It's like, well, what, what, what do you do? Uh, you know, yeah, I work for, uh, you know, Bob's, you know, Bob's window company. I'm like, fine, I don't buy your windows. So we're even. <laughs> I had a guy one time, uh, I was, I was uh, in a bar and, um, uh, and I was talking to somebody and somebody recognized my voice and said, hey, you're Tom Becca. As we have a nice little conversation, everything, right? And as we're having this conversation, because he recognized my voice, he proceeds to tell me during the conversation that he never listens to the radio. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, well, then how in the hell did you recognize my voice if you didn't listen to the radio? Of course, not I had on the a, TV, but it's you know, but that I was just doing the radio thing, and it's like, come on. I had a I had a comedian once on the show, and I was talking to the comedian, and I said, "Hey, I heard a comedian once say," and I told the line, and the guy goes, "Yeah, that's my joke." <laughs> I was like, nice "Oh, okay, job. well." At least I wasn't stealing it. At least I was giving credit to somebody. To somebody. Don't know who it was. Yeah. I don't know who it was, but there was this funny comedian I heard once. He's like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I, although maybe he stole from somebody else. So maybe, you know. No, that was uh, that was Greg Warren, uh, the guy. Oh, Greg who, Warren, yeah. Who was here funny. in St. Louis and he was up in Omaha. Yeah, he is. He's funny. funny. He is yeah. funny. So um, what's the one exciting with you since last week? Oh, boy. It's been actually, you know, for all the news going on, it's been a relatively slow news week. Um, just gunshots and shootings. And I don't really know how you spin that topic any more than you already have. So it seems like that's been dominating the news cycle. The number of uh, mass shootings, yeah. Um, it, hasn't got to, it hasn't got to a point yet where, um, like, I'm worried about being in a crowd or anything. I, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be freaked out about this sort of thing, but... Uh, well, you know, I, I said this today on the radio. Um, and all these, right, we had 14 mass shootings la- last week. You had, what, 12 shootings this past weekend. You never hear, you know, every once in a while you hear, but you never very rarely ever hear, there was a guy getting carjacked, and he pulled out his 
legal concealed carry gun and shot the bad guy, right? You, you, ne- you never hear the bad guy getting shot. Always on TV, the bad guy gets shot. But in real life, there's not a good guy around with a gun when you need one. Well, now, hold on a second, McGraw. Don't you know that's uh, the whole argument there? Is the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun? Well, okay. Unless, of course, the good guys with the guns are out in Uvalde, Texas, standing outside of the school, or the good guy with the gun shoots the bad guy with a gun in his Kevlar vest, and uh, he ends up getting killed. Or, I mean, you know, so it's, I know. Um, unless the good guy votes for Biden and then he's a bad guy. <laughs> You know, think of it as, I wonder how, I mean, because you and I, having done talk radio and been in this line of work now for decades, I think we maybe, do we have a more realistic viewpoint of society or a more skewed, jaded viewpoint of society? You know, because I mean, I don't think the people like, you know, if, if your job is, if your job is whatever it else might be, you don't necessarily talk politics and that with, you know, strangers. And so you, you tend to hang out with people more like yourself. So you don't really see that other side of it, whereas we get it from all sides. I mean, I, I always joke that I could say it's a lovely day and get a nasty email from a guy that made some umbrellas. Well, but here, here's my take on us versus civilians. How many times have you heard somebody, you know, you say the weather, and then someone's like, well, the weatherman said it was going to be sunny today and it's raining. And someone's like, yeah, I'd like to get paid for being wrong 80% of the time, you know, or gas prices. Well, why doesn't Biden open up one of the uh, the pipelines and just solve the problem, right? People don't normally sit and discuss and debate all sides of an issue because they're busy raising their kids and working yeah. and, you know, doing having life, you know, having a real life, unlike you and me who we didn't talk enough, so we decided to start a podcast. Um, <laughs> So, so when, you know, when, when you hear things like, oh, sugar, sugar kills people, why don't we just ban sugar? We see the absurdity of these bumper, st- of this bumper sticker mentality. And so we just call it out more. Yeah. Whereas if it's, if that's just your, your crazy uncle saying those sorts of things, you smile, you nod, you humor them and you move on. Right, right. Well, well I don't, which is why my uncles really don't talk to me, but um, when, because I got into a fight with somebody who was like, yeah, I'd like to be a meteorologist and be right, you know, uh, 25% of the time and get paid. I was like, actually, meteorologists are quite often exactly spot on. There's a reason why Vegas won't take your money on a, on a forecast because usually it's correct. They then got their drink and moved on and didn't continue <laughs> talking with me. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you're, you're, not, you're not fitting into the – the cliche and you're not fitting into that right whereas whereas in sports right in sports they've got websites and analysis and four-hour pregames and insider information and more information than you would ever want to know about tonight's game and vegas will still take your money (laughs) i'm sure there's a correlation there's so well because because no because sports guys have no idea what's going to happen in the game tonight but meteorologists know, you know, with a 95% probability, what the weather's going to be tomorrow. Yeah. You know, um, I've had, you know, over the years, uh, been around meteorologists, TV meteorologists that are, uh, you know, uh, we go out to have a bite to eat, dinner or whatever. 
And I, that, that may be that may be the worst job in media, the best and the worst job in media. Because if you're the TV meteorologist, right? I mean, you're the you're the one that they tune in to watch, really. I mean, you know, the, the meteorologist is is a, is a big deal. On the other hand, you go out in the public and you got strangers coming up to you bitching about how you said it wasn't going to rain and I washed my car. You know, you know, you, you said that there were there were going to be three feet of snow and there wasn't. All my kids are disappointed. You know, and all that stuff. You know, they got to deal with that all the time whenever they go out in public. That's a good point, especially. Well, I remember back in Lincoln. When the Challenger, right, the Challenger blew up, the local news started the newscast with the weather. And I was like, what? I was like complaining. And they were like, people turned to me, they're like, farmers need to know what the weather is. That's more important to farmers in the area than the, than the Challenger blowing up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, I never really thought of that. I mean, weather is really kind of important. Oh, yeah. news yeah yeah oh, no it, it really is <clears throat> it really is but uh let me ask you this and this is i shouldn't be saying this since i'm making my living now in television but <clears throat> you know i mean I, when the weather comes on the tv news i pay attention to it but if i really want to know what the weather is going to be I, I tend to just go to my phone and check the app you know the, you know i mean you, you've got all that information right at your hand at your fingertips right now um yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I hear. No, I mean that's that's the that's the thing. With, with, do you, you see that ad for Radio Shack, where it was an ad from the '70s, and it's a guy walking out of Radio Shack, and he's got an alarm clock and a flashlight and uh, a Walkman, and he's got a compass and the headphones and a record player and a this and a that and the guy's walking out, you know, and the. And it's like, you can get all this at Radio Shack. And the, the line says, every single thing is now on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. So. In college, yeah. I worked at Radio Shack. I sold, sold, sold a lot of CBs back in my day. I love, I, I really miss, I think the world started to go right downhill the day Radio Shack went away. <laughs> I mean, you would walk into Radio Shack, you're like, I need one of these they're like follow me and they would have it they, they'd have one of it but they would have it yeah they'd yeah. have one of everything it was the greatest yeah. store in the world and then you'd punch your battery card for the free battery <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd walk out and, and they'd have some weird game for kids and you're like oh whatever they'd have the tandy 900 for the computer yeah um, i loved radio shack oh, no i did too man it was it was a good gig that was a good gig uh you know back in the day did you work for radio shack after you were fired from being a whopper bopper um, or before you were whopping your bopper. No, okay, now, uh, for people that weren't listening last week, I mentioned the fact that I used to work for Burger King, and, and we called Burger. ourselves Whopper Sloppers, not Boppers. You were, you were a Knobber Stopper. No, no, I was not. I was a Whopper Slopper. We made Whoppers. And yes, it was after I was a Whopper Slopper, I became a uh, Radio Shack dude. He, he was, uh, he was knobbing his knobs. What, 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 was the worst, what was the worst job you've ever had? <sighs> Um, actually being your board op was pretty bad. <laughs> the let's, worst? let's be honest. Let's be honest. I took you under my wing without, yeah. without me, you're nothing. Yeah. And I'm stuck in market 21. <laughs> if I had listened to, if I'd listened to Ken Pavelka, I could have been somebody. Hey, um, all I know is that when I visited you in St. Louis, uh, yeah, you're, you're a pretty big deal there. Yeah. Especially, especially when you talk to me. 
Um, the yeah. worst, <laughs> the, the worst job I've ever had. Um, I sold gas coupons door to door in a in a Texaco shirt that had Steve embroidered over the pocket. <laughs> Any idea who Steve was? <laughs> no idea. It was his shirt, clearly. But <laughs> I came home. I came home and I was living there with Putnam at the time. And I'm sitting there smoking a cigarette in a Texaco shirt that says Steve. And he's, he's like, what? What? What, where, what? what is going on? What, what happened to you? And I, I took this shirt off and I like ripped it off. And I was like, you know, I, I went to college for one reason. So I wouldn't have to wear a shirt like this. There have been times in my career that maybe weren't going all that well, you know, early on. And I would, I would apply for jobs like that. And I would get a job like that. And I would like, uh, think I'm supposed to show up. Yeah. I didn't show up. It was like, really? Know, oh yeah. Cause it'd be like, be like, you know, no, I'm not going to fall. I, I never had a plan B, you know, in, in, in radio all those years, I never had a plan B. I, I was cause I was, and everybody said, you have a, something to fall back on. Radio is a very tough industry, but something to fall back on. But I always thought if I had a plan B, I would just use that. And then they're not continue my career. And I, yeah, really, that's what you say. Now, the point is, you were too lazy to have a plan B. Radio was your plan B. You were a comedian. Well, no, you're right. I've, I've made a living just being myself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and then after your career as a comedian, you went into radio. So no, I radio, radio was. I was plan in radio B. first. I was in radio first. And I took five years off to do stand up comedy. And then I did, after doing that, that, that's when talk radio became a thing. And I said, oh, I can do talk radio. And that's when I became a talk radio host. Prior to that, I'd been involved in music radio and also in advertising sales. So you're, you're one of those people who were like, talk radio, I could do that. That's easy. <laughs> Everybody can do one talk radio program. Everybody can do one show. And it's doing it five days a week, 50 weeks a year. That's where the art comes in. That's where the tough part is. Tom Langmire, my former program director, um, I, we could do six hours on Tom Langmire. But the truest thing the man ever said to me was, what are you going to do Tuesday? What are you going to do? Okay, great. There's your Monday topic. What are you going to do Tuesday? Yeah. And you're like, you know what? That's a really interesting point. You got, everyone's got one show, but what are you going to do Tuesday? And that's, you know, comedians don't get that either, right? Comedians work on jokes. And if a joke works, they keep it in their act and they work on new material. If, if you and I have a great show on Monday, we can't do it Tuesday. Yeah. Right. It's, it's burned. It's done. You have to, you, you got to come up with a whole new world on Tuesday. And especially when there's a thing like, for instance, you know, we've been seeing all these mass shootings lately, right? Well, the topic comes up time and time and time again. And right. you got to think of a new way to say basically the same thing that's been said. And how do you right. say it in a different way and in an interesting way and, a, you know, an intelligent way, hopefully. Well, and that's the problem with talk radio is that so few people actually say something original or different, right? That's why all these right wingers, it, it's not that I'm offended they're right wingers. I'm offended that they're just bad talk show hosts, right? It's like Jerry Seinfeld wasn't offended that, um, Brian Cranston was Jewish and telling Jewish jokes. He was a, you know, he was a, he wasn't offended as a Jewish man. He was offended as a comedian. 
right? I'm offended as a talk show host that these conservatives don't have, who have thousands of radio stations are, are, are just parroting the same thing everybody else is saying. Now, if you're not familiar with the top, the uh, reference that McGraw made about Brian Cranston and Jerry Seinfeld, it was an old episode of the show Seinfeld and not a, not nothing in Seinfeld didn't have that in real life. It was an episode of Seinfeld. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there actually was a feud between, you know, Jerry Seinfeld and Brian Cranston, as opposed to the character that Cranston played on an episode of Seinfeld. He was a dentist. He was, well, Seinfeld was an anti-dentite. That's right, I forgot that, yeah. He was a raging anti-dentite. Yeah, so. um, Okay, so by the time uh, people are um, uh, hearing this, uh, for the most part, uh, the Thursday night uh, congressional hearings on January 6th will take place. Yes. What do you think? Are people going to be paying attention? Will that have any impact? Is it just going to make the uh, divide in this country deeper? What do you think? Well, interestingly enough, I'll go to one of my favorite rants that I've used from time to time. Wait, 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 wait. We would just talk about how you had to come up with unique, different ways of saying the same thing over and over. And now you're going to give us a rant that you've used a million times. I'm going to change it a little bit to make it right. specific for the congressional hearings. Okay. What, what time did the congressional hearings start? Uh, seven o'clock central Thursday, seven o'clock central. Yeah. What time does the NBA finals game start? Nine o'clock central. What time does the world series game start? Nine o'clock. It oh, makes God. no sense. Oh, God. oh, geez. Really? You're going well, off. Let, on let, that. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's go to the text line. Um, Here's what's interesting about the prime time hearings that they hired like a ABC producer to right. produce them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be a show. It's, it's... Uh, you know, I, I think that it's going to change absolutely no one's mind. That if you think Antifa is somehow involved, after you watch this, you're going to be convinced that Antifa is somehow involved and Liz Cheney really is a Democrat. Now you and I, you and I have been uh, both watching the CNN series on Watergate, um, which, um, by the way, if you haven't watched it, watch it. It's great. John Dean talking about everything, and seeing the similarities between Watergate and you know uh, the Trump era. And what I find interesting is that nobody really cared about Watergate until everybody cared about Watergate. You know what I mean? And so I mean, uh, there was just so much. Little by little by little by little going out. And then finally, it got to the point where it's like, okay, we can't really ignore this anymore. Yeah. I think that maybe the same thing might be happening here on, on, on Thursday night, where we've got all this information that's been out little by little. But now it's time, you know, to see just really, you know, they say they got, uh, by the way, they've raised the bar pretty high. So there's got to be some pretty shocking new information come out of this Thursday. Uh, because um, uh, if not, then the whole thing's going to just, you know, fall flat and die. That is such an original take and such an original rant. I'm going to steal that from my radio show. <laughs> Again, as I said earlier, you know, you're nothing without me. Um, that's a great, it's a great point because, well, you can't, as a talk show host, you kind of can't talk about it because how much, how we don't know much other than what we saw January 6th, 18 months ago. Mm -hmm. Right. And a couple of things have, you know, this one gets arrested, that one gets arrested, this couple of emails, you sort of touch on it. But it really hasn't um, 
so when they pour gasoline on the fire and now you know X, Y, and Z, Trump supporters, do you really think it was stolen? Even though Kellyanne Conway and Bill Barr and everybody else said it wasn't, and you're hiding electors in Georgia, right, going against the state's the, the state's um, job to fill out their electors. Um, but again, it'll be interesting something to, to talk about. But if you believe Trump, nothing's going to change your mind. Do you want to believe the Liz Cheney or do you want to believe your lying eyes? Right. Uh, I, well, I do agree. There's that diehard Trumper and. And the people that are watching Fox News and uh, can't even really call it Fox News anymore, right? Fox isn't going to be car- uh, covering this. Fox isn't going to be carrying this. And you had you had Sean Hannity calling, you know, texting Mark Meadows, telling Trump to stop it. So you got Hannity knowing, you know, right. that, that Trump was involved, right? You know, but they're going to say the whole thing is, you know, it's a hoax, it's another witch hunt, and all of that stuff. You know, you got this this uh, right wing media out there really, you know, supporting that. So you're right. There's some people that no matter what are not going to buy into it. But I think there's a whole group in the middle. I think there's a bunch of sane Republicans that see what's going on and are, you know, going to be more and more willing to speak up. The more that speak up, the more that will speak up. Well, but how, um, how many sane Republicans are there when Kevin McCarthy is caught saying the guy's a freak show, he needs to step down, oh, by the way, you need to run for re-election. I mean, how do you have the guy on tape say one thing and publicly say something else? How do the Trumpers believe him enough to make him Speaker of the House? And yet, what I say publicly, they call me an anti-Trumper. What he says privately, he's Speaker of the House. Well, yeah. Uh, You know, people, uh, people are crazy. That's they're all I they're can insane. Say. They're they're insane. You, you I mean, Kellyanne Conway. Sorry, Mr. President, you lost. Right? She, she's the media darling of the right. I say, Mr. President, I'm sorry, you lost fair and square. I'm a liberal. Yeah, but oh yeah, but okay. But actually, okay, because you've got you've got you know thousands of listeners every morning on KTRS, the Big Five Fifty, um, available at uh, KTRS.com. You can listen sure. online. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Also, we have an app for that. Okay, well, good for you. Um, you can tap the app. You know, I mean, you get those calls and those emails, but, you know, the, the the people that are, like, more rational and sane, they're not as likely to pick up the phone and talk to you about it. It's, you know. It's true. And, yeah. and so so we, we do get, like I said, kind of a skewed look sometimes on just what, you know, what is really going on. But um, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see just what kind of ratings – what kind of ratings Thursday night gets, and also very interesting to see what kind of impact, if any, that it has. You know, you know that's, that CNN um, show on uh, Wa- Watergate was really good. I yeah, mean, it is. really good. How about the scene? First of all, I didn't know the, they tried to break into the Watergate Hotel three times. Yep. Okay. And then when they break in and it finally hits the news that Alexander Butterfield walks into the office and turns to his secretary and says, Oh, that was totally us. And the secretary is like, oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they, they well, that, knew, was, but yeah. That, that was us. That was no, no question that that was us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you and I have both met G. G. Gordon Liddy, who could not be a nicer man. Okay, now, so now, we haven't, we haven't, have we told this story on the podcast uh, already? I told, I told the story on the radio. 
Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead and tell the story about uh, our experience with G. Gordon Liddy at a uh, talk radio convention in New York City. Oh God, going back what now? 10, 12 years ago, something like that. Yeah, before he died. This is the story (laughs) before he died. He was. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't after he died. (laughs) He uh, he was a he was a really very nice man. Could not have been any nicer. Um, just genuine and happy to talk to anybody about anything. I could have been any nicer, but it was a, it was a talk radio convention and they gave the freedom of speech award to Al Franken talk show host, Al Franken before Al Franken became United States Senator. Yeah. He was on the, uh, what was it called? Radio America, which was the, uh, the liberal talk radio. Before, yeah, he was doing a show before, on that before he became a George Soros media funded candidate. Uh, and then was canceled by the woke mob. Um, but anyway, but I digress. So he stands up to give his acceptance speech for the Freedom of Speech Award given out by Talkers Magazine. And all of a sudden, and you're, you and I are standing right next to G. Gordon Liddy, and all of a sudden the audience starts heckling Al Franken. They start booing him. They start making fun of him. They start calling him Stuart Smalley. Shut up. Get over yourself. And by the way, Al Franken is up there. Al Franken is talking about the experience he had going to talk to and entertain the troops in Afghanistan. So he's giving a very emotional, you know, pro-American conversation talk about, you know, going and seeing these soldiers in Afghanistan and, 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 and entertaining them. And, that, yeah. and, and you're right, and he's being heckled by the far-right radio talk show hosts that are in the crowd. And, I mean, they're, they're being, I mean, to, to the point where it was, like, extremely, it got to the point where it was extremely awkward. Because mm-hmm. there was maybe, I don't know, maybe 200 people in the room, 250 people in the room, maybe. Yeah, about that, but yeah. with this, with this, G. Gordon Liddy walks up on the stage, all right? They had a couple of risers. He walks up on the stage, puts his arm around Al Franken, and says, the man just won the freedom of speech award shut up and let him speak yeah that's our g gordon liddy story yeah uh which was uh uh pretty interesting you know that yeah. uh, that it was like yeah and by the way by the way al franken um oh, how do i put this delicately my interaction with al franken eh, the guy's a jerk <laughs> oh I, I had a very different experience with al franken maybe it's you well, or maybe you're just Maybe you're just one of them liberal types that he liked so much. No, here's the thing. Okay, so it was um, it was uh, actually it was in St. Louis. It was in St. Louis uh, when we were uh, uh, broadcasting uh, one of the presidential debates with Al Gore and George W. Bush. Yeah. And if you okay, when you go to these presidential debates, or if they still have them anymore after the way the Republicans are acting now, but uh, what it used to be, you go to the the media would all be like in a big gymnasium off to the side of where the theater was, right? And after the debate, then all these surrogates would come through and talk to the members of the media. So you would have, you know, the, 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 the CNNs, the uh, Fox News, the MSNBCs, you'd have Comedy Central, you'd have radio stations out there and everybody in between, local stations and that. And you would find these surrogates would come out and they'd all have like big signs there so you, you could see. And, you know, it, it, it might be you know, like Al Franken for Al Gore and it might become um, um, Mel Gibson for George Bush, you know, and George W. Bush. And so, you know, you go and you would get whoever you could get. Al Franken, uh, I was interviewing Al Franken, and uh, I was asking him questions about Al Gore. And, and quite honestly, you know, I was not the biggest Al Gore fan, right? And so I'm asking him questions. So after the interview is over, as he's leaving, he goes, uh, uh, 
so is this one of those uh is this one of those uh, christian stations or one of those one of those uh, uh you know christian stations and i said uh, uh no it's not actually and then i said uh is that supposed to be some sort of an insult and looked at me and thought for a second and said yeah yeah i guess it is <laughs> and he walked off I was like, okay yeah yeah so well, I don't, clearly I'm not- that was clearly that was you I had a much, I, you know, but I mean, how many times? Okay, now wait, 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 yeah, was, was he trying to sell a book or something when you interviewed him? So yeah, so you know, he, he was being nicer to you. Um, the book he was selling was "The Lying Liars and the Liars Who Lie." It was the story about um, Fox, Fox News before he became a. I think as he was transitioning to a talk show host, he went to that Harvard school and he researched a book, and it was "The Lying Liars of the Liars" or some book and then he was on some book stand or book panel with um bill o'reilly and bill o'reilly and him got into it or something uh, but anyway it was you know now he's been now now he's been canceled by the woke mob because he hugged a woman too long yeah or, or not actually just sort of like looked like he was going to grab her, her breasts which oh. he didn't do or anything are you, are you are you allowed to say that on the uh yeah, you can't say tits, but you can say breasts on a podcast, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, that's okay. good to know. Right. Um, well, okay, so uh, we always try to uh, close out our, our our podcast with a little conversation about the most overreported story and the most underreported story. Um, I think we're not, we all agree. Can we all agree the most overreported story of the past week would be the whole... Queen Elizabeth Jubilee thing. Oh, 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 you are really, you're really stepping in it right now, buddy. Why are you like, are you like a, a queen, queen fan here? Or what? <laughs> are you a queen or what? Are you a yeah, queen? Yeah, or... what, what, what do they call those? Uh, like a royalty file or a queenophile or whatever. I mean, what, you know? I'm a philophile. I like files. Um... <laughs> Uh, no, I'm just saying that I, if Prince Harry or Prince William were in this room right now, I'd be like, what's up? <laughs> and like, somehow I would be like arrested by the moral police or the, you know, they're not my king. They're not my queen. They're not my prince. I don't get the whole thing. I, I, oh. I don't get it. But women and some men revere it so i don't understand any of it i mean remember how like how like people were like crying when princess princess die was killed don't you know it. and just oh the the stuff and and that that anybody gives a rat's ass about uh, uh what uh megan markle and what is it harry and i mean everybody why anybody cares about that is beyond me <laughs> it is so bizarre these women who get up at like three o'clock in the morning and put on their hats and get dressed up and, you know, drink tea and have their crumpets. I, I, I don't, but don't, I, I by, by saying this, I'm saying women who do that, I love you endlessly. I'm not making fun of you. I just don't understand it. They'll say, you watch baseball games and you watch the ceremony of the Cooperstown and I got to pay attention to that. Why can't I watch the circumstances of a wedding? I get it. Women look at us and think, I don't get it. So I'm just, I love women. I just don't understand the whole fascination with the crown. 
Are you afraid that I'm like, you criticize yes. the Creed on a podcast, you're never going to get laid again? Is that what you're doing? I mean, the way you're sucking up like this? What the I'll hell? Be, I'll be canceled like, like Al Franken. <laughs> I'll be canceled like Al Franken. Oh, you know, oh, yeah, no, look, I mean, yeah, obviously, if, if that's what somebody's into and that's what they like and not love them for it, it's a free country, you know, get up early, you know, put on a tiara and pretend you're a princess. I don't care. But at the same time, I just, I'm with you. I don't get it. I don't understand. Didn't we, didn't we fight to, you know, like rid ourselves of that monarchy and stuff? But yeah, but it still has, uh, I, but I, I would also say this though, if I'm ever in London, I'm going to go and I'm going to go see Buckingham Palace and I'm going to go see the changing of the guard. And I mean, I'll, I'll buy into that a little bit, you know, just because you're a tourist in that town, but with all the, all the reporting that was done and the specials on TV and everything for this, I I, I don't get it. Most overhyped well, I, story of the week. I will tell you that watching the changing of the guard, probably one of the coolest things I've seen. Yeah. I was, I was dragged to it and I was like, I don't get it. So you're going to watch one beef eater tap another beef eater on the shoulder and they're going to, you know, turn over his hat and his gun. And I don't, what's the changing of the guard. And then when you see it in all the circumstance, that was really cool. I would highly recommend that. But all this stuff with these poor people, they're like animals at the zoo, right? Just let them be. I don't, I don't get it, but whatever. They are. They're like animals at the zoo. They're, they're there for our enjoyment. They don't really, right? They're just sort of, they're caged animals. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just, well, I mean, I understand, right. I understand why, I understand why uh, Megan and uh, Harry said screw this and, you know, try to get away from it. But then again, you know, well, they're still yeah. capitalizing on it, though. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, all right. My overreported story of the week. When you were 15, did you say anything or do anything that you would be offended or embarrassed by if it came to light right now? I, well, geez, if I say yes, then you might ask what it is. So I'm not going to. So no, McGraw, I was perfect my entire life. And I never said anything that could come back and incriminate me later on in life. And if well, you believe that, and if you believe that. <laughs> so there's a St. Louis Cardinal baseball player named uh, Brendan Donovan. He's a rookie. And he's 25 years old and he's actually playing pretty well. He's doing pretty well as his rookie year. And the other day, they went back and looked at his Twitter feed when all the way back to 2011, which is so 10 years ago. So he was, right, 14, right, 13, 14, 15. And in these tweets, when he was 12 or 13, <coughs> he used a homophobic slur so offensive Apparently, they can't say it now publicly because it's so offensive. So I can only assume it was, I don't know, somebody called somebody gay, called somebody a fag. I, I, I don't know. But now, 25 years later, he's a major league baseball player, and they come to him, and they're trying to embarrass him for what he said on a tweet when he was 13 years old. So, of course, he came out and said all the right things. I apologize. This isn't me. I was 13 years old. I didn't understand what I was saying. And, you know, it's now this big story down in St. Louis and kind of all throughout baseball. I mean, come on, man. Really? I mean, I've used those words. First of all, faggot means a bundle of sticks, right? And a fag is a cigarette. Um, 
We used to call things gay all the time. It meant happy, right? So I don't understand. I've had gay people call themselves queer and fags and all every derogatory homophobic slur in the world. But because they're gay, they're allowed to say it. Um, I think he should just come out and say he's he's gay. So he should be allowed to say it. But in all in all seriousness, I mean, come on. Is there anything else to worry about than some baseball players tweets from 12 years ago? Well, that's just it. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, how, what's a person like today? You know, what have they been like? And, and by the way, one thing out of context, I, I would agree with you on that. I would agree with you on that. Um, I would say the other most underreported story for me, uh, you know, well, it, 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 there's a, a, a gay um, backstory to this. There's a, um, a web designer in Colorado uh, who um, refused to design a web page for a gay couple. Right. Then the gay couple's getting married. They wanted a web page. And the web designer said, no, I can't do it. My religion won't allow me to do it. So guess what? The lawyers are involved and 19 conservative attorney generals have gotten on board to defend statewide uh, attorney generals have gotten on board to defend this single woman. When I say single woman, I mean a solo woman has her own little, little company, one person company that is making um, websites. Mm-hmm. This is not going to probably go end up going all the way to the Supreme Court. Why? Why do we have to make such a big deal out of every freaking thing? You know, I mean, look, okay, so this woman, due to her religious beliefs, which I, my religious beliefs tell me that, you know, you love your neighbor as yourself and that, you know, you know, you love everybody as my brother and all that. I mean, no, so I don't, you know, I don't, my religious beliefs teach me differently than hers. But, as that is, as that is, is that that gay couple could find a million other people to go and do the website for them. They didn't need to make this into a big federal case. And now you got 19 states attorney generals uh, getting involved in, in, in the courts. It just, it just makes no sense to me. Well, it's because everyone's trying to become famous, right? Those 19 attorney generals want to be governor. Yeah. What better to way, what better way to be governor than to defend somebody who doesn't want to help out the gays? What what better way than making the boogeyman the gay people? So, uh, yeah. no, it's a it's a it's a game it's a game, and we get sucked into it every single time. There is, I mean, um, look at all of the death and destruction with the opioid crisis and the guns and the shootings and all of these real problems we have. And so let's sit here and debate gay marriage and whether or not a web designer can make a website for a gay couple. I mean, is there anything else more ridiculous? Uh, no. Well, there is, but uh, I have a hard time thinking of it right now. Yeah. No, it's outrageous. All right. Well, that's about it for today, I think. You know, we, we, got, this, uh, we got this podcast done. Um, by the way, you know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned baseball that I went to uh, – Crawford Stadium went to Kansas City, saw the Royals play last weekend. Oh, they're um, they're not good. They're not very good. No, they're not very. They're not very good. No. Why are they not very good? Um, well, because the game I saw, they lost ten to three. Well, don't don't be bad mouthing my guy Mike Matheny. Wow. Well, okay, then have him start winning some games. Uh, speaking of that, the Angels just 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 fired Joe Madden. 
breaking news here on the big on the you hired who? Joe Joe Madden, their 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 uh, manager, the Angels. Oh, okay. The Los Angeles Angels. Uh, but while I'm looking at the standings, it looks like um, it looks like the New York Mets are um, well. They lead the National League East by nine games. Well on their way to the World Series. Where they'll blow it again. Yeah, this time it won't be against the Royals, though. It'll be against That's for sure. Else. Maybe be against the Guardians. Guardians are hanging in there. The Guardians are not hanging in there. They're like four. They're like four games out of first place in their division. They're one game under five hundred. They're four second. They're 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 late bloomers. They're late bloomers. We're we're gonna we're gonna win. Uh, speaking of that, they're only one game back in the wild card. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's way too early to be talking about wild card and shit like that. So. All right, my friend. I think I'm through with you. Uh, have yourself a, a great week, and I will talk to you later. Hey, Tom. McGraw. Bye-bye. <laughs> you know, you're not well, John McLaughlin. You're not, you're not that guy. You know that, right? Bye-bye. I loved him. He was great. A Huda Media Production.